On this episode, we're going to examine what it means to be most blessed among women. Stay tuned. Welcome to Unfolding Words, the weekly podcast dedicated to sharing biblical truth that offers life for your walk and life for your soul. I'm your host, Tracia Moorings. Thanks for joining me today. So when we think about what it means to be blessed among women, we often think like the world thinks. A woman who has children, a woman who has a husband with a lofty position, a woman with a big house with the white picket fence, or the woman with the prestiging speaking ministry or who has a high-ranking position, the one with the fancy car and the designer bags, or the pretty one. But scripture paints an altogether different picture of what it means to be most blessed among women. This term is used twice in the Bible. So let's take a look at the first one in the book of Judges. The prophetess Deborah had urged Barak to rally a poorly armed Israelite militia against the armies and the chariots of the Canaanite king Jabin. But the odds were stacked against Barak and his men. But God intervened and brought a torrential downpour, causing those chariots to get stuck in the mud. And Barak's men were able to disarm the Canaanites and destroy them with their own swords. Now here's where it gets good. Sisera was Jabin's field commander. And for Israel, he was the real threat. So Barak began a search for Sisera only to find that he had abandoned the battlefield. Barak and his men set out in hot pursuit to find him. Sisera had ran to the encampment of an ally, a man named Heber the Kenite. Now, the Kenites were Israelites. They were not They were not Israelites, um, but they had descended from Moses' father-in-law and had accompanied Israel in the wilderness wanderings. And they lived among Israel in the promised land, um, but they lived mostly on the outskirts. So Sisera, Sisera ran straight to the tent of Heber's wife, Jael, and after assuring him that her tent was a safe place, she allowed him to rest and eventually fall asleep. Jael soon proved why she was blessed among women, but maybe not for the reasons that you expect. In Judges 4 and 21, it says, but Jael, the wife of Heber, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the tent and drove the peg into his temple till it went down into the ground as he was lying fast asleep from weariness. So he died. Sisera, the commander of the Canaanite army, was killed by Jael and her tent peg. A housewife used a common household item to do something extraordinary, to crush the head of the enemy. It was typically the woman's job to set up the tents during this time in history. So she was well acquainted with how to use a tent peg from years of experience. So with this one act, the Canaanite oppression was broken. And a short time later, Barak was able to carry the battle directly to Jabin and destroy him. And eventually the land had rest for 40 years, according to Judges 5 and 31. And Deborah, the prophet, prophetess, ended up praising Jael for killing the enemy who invaded her tent. She says in Judges 5 and 24, Most blessed of women be Jael, 
But it looks like JL acted of her own will in killing the inner enemy. But if you read in context a little earlier, you'll see that her actions had been prophesied by Deborah in Judges 4 and 9. What she did with her one act of killing the enemy with the tent peg is that she made a stand for God and for God's side and for his purpose. She knew full well what was going on on the battlefield. She knew who the enemy was and she knew what needed to be done to be done. And she took it within her own hands and within her own power to do so. Now, let's look at the second woman who was called most blessed among women. We have to go to the New Testament for this one. It's Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary's song of praise by Elizabeth includes the same phrase that Deborah used in her song of praise. In Luke 1 and 42, it says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. It would be the fruit of Mary's womb who would eventually crush the head of the enemy, Satan himself. Now we have to back up all the way to the beginning in the Garden of Eden to find out where this concept of crushing the enemy's head came from. So we're going to go to Genesis 3 and 15, where after Adam and Eve ate of the fruit and received their verdicts, God spoke to Satan saying, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Paul, in his letter to the Church of Rome, writes that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. If we can say that if we can say this of Christians in general, then we can say this of Mary in particular. It is precisely because of Mary's unique role in salvation history that we can say this of her in a way that we can't say it of others, that the God of peace crushed Satan under her feet. So what's the takeaway in all of this? Let's think about the fact that God used two very unlikely women to crush the head of the enemy. He didn't use strong and mighty men that's something that we would usually expect. JL was a housewife who could wield a mean tent peg. And Mary was a teen girl from a small town who lived pretty much in obscurity and poverty. Mary did not judge God by her circumstances, though. Instead, she gave God what she had. She laid down her life in exchange for what he had for her. So she submitted her will for the greater good of God's purpose. She gave God her gentle spirit, which is spoken of in 1 Peter 3 and 4, and she gave him her willingness to submit. In Luke one thirty eight, it says, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. It's that kind of attitude let it be to me according to your word that made Mary a vessel to be used to deliver the one who would crush the head of the enemy. Jael was an unlikely hero as well. She was the wife of a man who had teamed up with a cruel enemy. 
She was like Mary, just another woman in the shadows, not noticed, maybe not even thought about. And that was where she was likely to stay until she saw the chance to step up and make a difference. God likes to use the weak things and people of this world to change the world. People like you and I. So if you feel like you're unknown, in the shadows, rejected, maybe even laughed at by those around you, don't be discouraged. If your heart is right before God, you may be in just the right position to move mountains, just like J.L. and Mary. When you're named and named as blessed among women, it will be pronounced so by other women. Someone will notice in you that ability to crush the head of the enemy and it will be honored. You won't be you may not be honored for being best dressed or the most beautiful, but when God puts in you that something special to crush the head of the enemy, other people will notice. Both of these women acted in faith and with courage and became agents of divine deliverance in a very dark time. Both were seen as violating the protocol of the day. And both have been praised as well as slandered for what they did. Mary was a pregnant with no husband. Can you imagine the slander that she received? And Jael invited an unknown man into her tent, which was a no-no in the ancient Near East times. But they both changed the course of the world with actions that would have been looked down upon by their contemporaries. Each crushed the head of the enemy king in such a simple way, but it had such profound effect. So how can you be most blessed among women? First, you have to have a wholehearted commitment to see the purpose of God accomplished, regardless of personal risk or cost. So it takes a laying down of your self, your own purpose, and taking on the purpose of God, regardless of how it appears to other people or what they say to you. This laid down life is just the right soil for God to work wonders like he did with J.L. and with Mary. Secondly, don't hesitate when the opportunity to serve comes, even if it doesn't look like what you expected. I'm sure J.L. didn't wake up that morning expecting to invite a man running in from the battlefield, and she didn't expect to kill him with a tent peg. But when that opportunity came, she took it because she knew that this was something that God was calling her to do. So we must be submissive to the will of God, regardless of how it looks. Mary did not care that it looked like she was a promiscuous teen. Instead, she said, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. What courage does that take? And so when we trust God with our lives in the small and the big things, he can do mighty things through us, including crushing the head of the enemy. So may you go and be most blessed among women. Thanks for joining me today. 
I hope you'll join me next week for another episode of Unfolding Words. And I'd love for you to subscribe and share this episode with anyone who you think will be blessed by it. You can go to my website at unfoldingwords.com for more information. Thank you for joining me. Be blessed.